today we have Alex Komrakov, my colleague uh, who has joined ABMBF, I think about six years ago. Six years, yeah. As, as a global management trainee, or as we call it, a GMT. And within those six years, he made an amazing career and already became a director in the company. So we're going to talk to him today and learn from his career experience. So welcome, Alex. All right, Alex, let's, let's go and let's introduce yourself a little bit and, and talk us through your career, because I think it's quite an interesting career. Uh, so talk us through a little bit some of the steps uh, of your career. Yeah, so, so indeed, Serge, I started as, as, a, as a GMT, which is um, a global management trainee program. It's basically a, a traineeship uh, like you have with, with, with other companies also. Um, but we, with ABI, we are a beer company. We focus on the, let's say, the departments in beer, right? So we did a 10-month uh, traineeship uh, in sales, in marketing, in, in IT, in, uh, in, in supply, right? So I spent two months in, uh, in, uh, in a brewery, right? And after those 10 months, um, we are able to go to our first uh, role, right? Uh, our first, let's say, real role, because the first 10 months, we do a lot of projects. We, we learn a lot, mm. but it's not a real role. It, it, it's a traineeship, right? So my first, um, my first role was in finance. Uh, I, was, uh, I was a bit cocky, right? As, uh, as uh, maybe some other uh, campus hires or uh, trainees are, right? And I said, give me the toughest challenge you have, right? And, uh, and um, I got the opportunity to, to start in finance, um, which is working directly with, with our zone president and VP finance, which was, which was great. Uh, I was responsible for um, what we call the financial monthly cycle for Europe. Uh, so making mm -hmm. sure all the numbers uh, were there and also uh, making sure that, that our, our uh, let's say, our, our, manco, our management committee in Europe, they know uh, the numbers. They know what's going on in, in all the markets. Um, and it was great because my first week, uh, uh, I was already in a meeting with, with our uh, chief financial officer of Global. Uh, of course, I was not speaking, right? I was somewhere yeah. behind the camera. Uh, but that was for me like, wow, <laughs> this, is, this is a real job. Um, so, so yeah, that was, that was a, a great, a great start, uh, uh, for me. So how, how was that meeting, man? Were you nervous or what, what do you remember from that meeting? Yeah. So, so yeah, Serge, it was, uh, more than six years ago. I just remember that I didn't understand anything. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, I became quite nervous because, um, uh, the deck that was being presented, uh, my manager said, uh, next month you're creating this this deck and, and I didn't understand anything right not, not a single number not a single uh, I mean what was on the slide it was fully new for 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 me um, so so yeah I became a little bit nervous uh, at that point. yeah I can imagine but I remember you from when you started because we even in interacted no in the in the in the supply assignment that yes. that you did but I also heard there is a rumor that you were almost fired in the first couple of months. So what happened there? Yeah, so fully correct. It's actually not, not a rumor. It actually uh, did happen. Um, so I was expecting uh, that there would be someone dedicated to me to answer all my questions, right? 
how does this number work? How does that work? What does this mean? What does that mean? But that's not not the case, right? Uh, I think my expectations were a bit different um, uh, compared to to uh, reality. And my uh, my manager at that time, I think, is one of the smartest people I, I know. So uh, I would even call a, a, a genius. So very very high IQ. Uh, but EQ, right, the emotional aspect uh, of being a manager, which is also very important, was a bit lower. Um, so when after some period of time, when I kept coming to him saying, hey, can you help me with this? At some point, he, he told me, Alex, you were hired here for you to help me do my job, not for me to do your job. And that's when he turned his head and, and went back to work. And I was I was shocked. I was like, oh, oh. This is this is uh, this means. I mean, I will need to I will need to do do it myself, right? Um, yeah. And and from I mean, also before that, I was spending a lot of time to learn and to and to under understand. But at some point, my manager went to his manager said, "Look, it's not working out with Alex. I don't think he understands finance, right? So I don't think he gets <laughs> it. So so uh, luckily, my um, uh, my manager said, no no no, let's." Let's wait a little bit longer. And luckily after that, it, it went well um, and, and I started to improve and I started to, to, uh, to uh, grasp. Yeah, but I think that's an important point. No? It's like the, the transition when you go from campus to, to let's say, corporate or, or work. Uh, I see this quite often that other campus hires that we work with, you know, they expect to get like a teacher, like you have in, in campus, a teacher who teaches you everything all the time. But uh, that's not really the case anymore, right? If, if you're lucky, you get a, a coach, you have a really good line manager, but you need to look, I think, a lot more yourself, no? rather than somebody telling you, let's, let's go here, let's do that. You need to kind of find your way. Yeah, I, I, and also I, I would recommend, uh, which is what I did, um, asking your peers, your colleagues mm. for, for help, right? Hey, I'm new. How does this work? How does that work? Uh, that's sometimes uh, an easier approach uh, because you're the peers, you're your colleagues, versus asking every little thing to your manager, which is probably who is probably yeah, who is probably very very busy also. Right? Very busy as well. Yeah. All right. So those first months or your first role, you worked directly with you know the CFO, CEO type of people. So can you share some learnings that? Uh, what are some of the main things that you learned in this type of role? Because I imagine that you learn things extremely fast uh, when you work with you know this this level of, of people. Yeah. So so, so indeed, there were um, a lot of learnings, uh, but I want to focus on on, on a few of them, which uh, I think are are Zoom present at that at that time, uh, basically indirectly taught me. Right. Uh, mm. So so. Um, he was always very focused on the telling of stories, right? So, so a PowerPoint, uh, it can be a great PowerPoint, it can be a bad PowerPoint, what a, but what makes a PowerPoint compelling is if it has a story, right? Every, every meeting, every PowerPoint should, should always have what is the thing that you want to take home after the meeting? Is it alignment on budget? Is it alignment on strategy? Is it explaining the, the results, maybe something bad that happened, but something good? There should always have um, a reason for that meeting and something that if you check that, that, that box at the end of the meeting, that was a successful meeting. So a lot of things that, mm. that uh, our zone president uh, focused a lot was uh, the storytelling and the driving mm -hmm. of the meeting himself. So not asking 
hello, I mean, what would you like to talk about? No, he always had an agenda and he drove the other, other person who he was presenting to with the agenda, right? Mm. Uh, which was, was, which was very, very powerful. Um, what he also did um, before the meeting, uh, he basically locked himself in a, in, a, in a room all by himself. He had a printout of the, of the PowerPoint uh, and he went through the slides. Right? He went through the slides in case he had a question about a number. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, he, he forgot something or, or something changed. Uh, what happens also in case, because he knew his numbers very well. So he sometimes said, hey, uh, Alex, uh, this number last month was this. What happened? <laughs> and then, okay, I had to explain or, or sometimes, by the way, I also made, made a mistake. And then uh, I became very nervous. Oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Let me quickly re redo it. And what he said was basically, does it change the story? Right? Because if it's plus 5 million or plus 4 million, does it change the story? If not, there's not no. going to be a lot, a lot of impact. So focus on, on, on the story. So, uh, so, so as mentioned, he locked himself in in a, in a room by himself. He went through all the mm. slides. Each each uh, section had a key message that was very very uh, very very important. Uh, and also in the meeting, uh, in case there was a question, so he knew his numbers very well. In case no. he did not know his numbers, what, what he implemented was uh, what we call a cheat sheet. It's a, uh, you're cheating, right? It's a no. sheet to cheat. So basically, uh, if someone asked, uh, hey, um, the, that, that brand, uh, what was the Kager, the, the, the growth of the brand for the last five years? Most of the numbers he knew because he knew his numbers very, very well, no. but he always had his cheat sheet next to him. So he then had a look uh, on the right no. or on the left. I look at five percent. That was very very powerful. That is what we implemented all over all over finance. Yeah, so it's like extreme preparation, right? In the end, if if you look at it, uh, whenever you go into a meeting, really prepare the story that you want to bring, the message that you want to bring, right? Tell your your slides to it, and and drive the meeting rather than just having twenty slides talk about a lot of things, but in the end, not really being able to bring bring out the key message, yeah? which I think is one of the skills that is like super important for, for you to make, you know, a progression in, in your career. Because in, in the end, you need to influence people, right? Uh, whenever you have a meeting, it's, it's kind of a test and people will, will assess you and you need to be able to, to influence that meeting. And, and I see this is a skill that a lot of people still need to develop and you probably develop through learning, right? You, you develop through practicing, making mistakes and, and doing it, doing it again. So that's the first couple of years in, in your career. Well, a couple of years, probably what, two years. Uh, well, four, four years in finance, but that role I did a, a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. And so now about a year ago, you decided to move out of finance. Yeah? So you had a very successful career in, uh, in finance for about four years. And then you decided to move to India for a role in operations. So why as a GMT, having a great career, right? Moving very fast up the ranks in finance, working directly with CEOs, CFOs, why would you move to India and go do an operations role, man? The answer is actually quite, quite simple, right? So um, I started in finance and then I was lucky enough 
to be able to, to grow quite fast in finance. So basically in a vertical, uh, in four years, I did four roles, uh, four diff different roles. So I learned a lot. So, so it was a great, a great experience and I would not change it for, 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 for the oh. world. But then my next step, uh, which would be to be defined later, assuming I would still perform, there would only be one next role, which would be a finance director. Right. So, 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 and that would still be in the same vertical. So at some point I started thinking, okay, uh, what other opportunities do I have outside of finance? Uh, because I also wanted to, um, to grow, uh, outside. Right. Hmm. Um, and, and one thing I think that, that, that was lacking for, 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 for my side, in my role before I had a team of seven, but the, my leadership qualities, I think, was still lacking. Uh, I, I was quite strong in, let's say, the, the technical aspect, the financial aspect. Uh, I knew that. But from a leadership point of view, I had a team of seven and I was not that great, right? Yeah, um, a bit like your first boss then, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, exactly that. But it's something that you also, same as a storytelling, there's something you're able to to develop, right? Yeah. Um, but but I wanted to develop it a lot, right? I also wanted to see an opportunity because I stayed always in Belgium or the Netherlands, right? So I also wanted to see if, if I could get an international experience outside, let's say, even Europe. And once this opportunity came up um, uh, to work here here in India in, uh, in, in OPS, I truly believe this is where you build your leadership capabilities because now I have mm. a team of, uh, before I had a team of seven, now I have a team of more than 200. Uh, before I, I was working in one vertical in finance, now working in more than eight verticals within that, that same no. team. So I've been able to develop my uh, leadership skills a lot, but also expanding outside of uh, my core finance uh, vertical. So very happy with with this uh, this this move and i would uh, encourage everyone um, to also make this this step because uh, this is how you develop your leadership skills by managing big big teams yeah 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 indeed yeah i think that's one of the biggest advantages of uh, of running an operation right like like we have in india is that you are being challenged with managing really big teams right the team that you manage today is around what 200 people i think right so yeah in your previous role, you were managing seven people, and now you're managing 200 people. Huh? So there must be a lot of differences between those, those two roles. What was the biggest challenge for you moving from a team of seven people to now managing 200? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge was that as you move from, let's say, an individual contributor, let's say when you don't have a team, which is also how, how I started, to then manage a team, let's say, of seven, you need to make sure that you start being a leader and not an individual contributor. So you need to empower mm. the team, right? Because with a team, you can do a lot more than even having the best uh, individual contributor in the world. Uh, you will never be able to deliver more than a, as a team. So I think that was mm. a big jump for me from an individual contributor to, a, to someone with a team of seven. The jump from a team of seven to a team of 200 is the same, same type of jump where you need to empower the team uh, where for example before when i had a team of seven maybe i spent a lot of time to changing the decks to the way that i would let's say showcase them right how i would yeah. present them now it's about empowering the team and sometimes even in your heart you know that mm -hmm, i would change that <laughs> right i would do it differently <laughs> no 
everyone is different and that is something that you need to 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 understand everyone has a different uh communication style a different presentation style it's about sometimes let letting go right you will not be able to yeah. control everything it's about empowering the team and, and and giving the team the space to to empower their team and and, and to grow not yeah. micromanage yeah. yeah so that's 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 tough no if you're kind of uh, always responsible for indeed that smaller team you can really let's say review control every single output more or less of that team whereas now you have 200 people in different types of of functions you cannot review every powerpoint anymore you cannot sit in every meeting so you need to really trust trust your team right and also be able to to let go so how, how do you get organized now because i imagine uh, within the team that you have today you have what well, you have tech sales you have category management you have marketing you have social listening you have so many different types of functions yeah? working for europe north america I think some GHQ there as well. So a huge number of stakeholders, very big domain. How do you keep on top of things, right? Before it was probably easy. One team, they're all close to you. You know what, what is the scope of your team. Now you have a team of, you know, that, that really talks to so many different stakeholders, so many products. How do you make sure that you don't lose track of, you know, in the end, your, your key responsibilities? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think one gr- great book which I would uh, recommend to to uh, everyone who is uh, list, list listening is a book called Getting Things Done. So I think that helped me a, a lot. Uh, it's more about the concept, right? How do you make sure to get things done faster, right? There are no. different ways how to do it, but it's more more about the concept. And there, I truly believe, as your complexity of the role or uh, complexity of the team you grow in size, you have to become more organized. Because at some point you will drop the ball, and there, um, I mean, it, it is proven that uh, we as humans, right, our brain is not developed to keep uh, a lot of smaller things in mind. Okay, tomorrow I have to do this. Okay, Friday I have to do this. Uh, right, next week I have to do this. It's 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 impossible. We will drop the ball. We are very bad at it. So implementing um, the book like getting things done eases your mind into knowing what you need to do mm. when. And it gives you a call, right? Uh, and implementing that, uh, yes, your teams become bigger or smaller. It gives you, it gives you, uh, let's say, a, a, a relief. And one, uh, one great aspect there, which I want to highlight, uh, which is a very simple tip everyone can implement to a day, is, is something that's called the CC box, CC box rule. It's something that if someone sends you an email and you are in CC. Right, so so in your email, Copy, yeah. it goes to your CC box. Right, what does that mean? It means that you don't look at it if you don't have time, because CC box by definition uh, is for your information, but there is no action. If there is no action, don't give me extra stress and let it pop up on my email. Put it in yeah. my CC box. I'll read it when I have time, once a week, twice a week, whenever I have time. So th- that helped me greatly to reduce. 30 to 40 percent of my emails yeah so that's man i i fully agree i, I read this book i think what, 15 years ago it's a pretty old book already right i remember even the, the first version that i read you still had the folders in your desk you know the, the guy really wrote out a whole system of how to organize your folders in your desk you know to keep track of things and and to not drop the ball so great great food for thought i'm not a very organized person and when i read uh, the book it really also gave me a couple of tips 
like the CC box and, and, and many other things here that helps you to get organized. What, what it did with me is it gave you a lot more uh, peace of mind, I think, right? Because one thing is that you don't forget certain things and you don't forget on certain responsibilities that you have. But secondly, man, it gives you peace of mind because all these things are not running around in your head. They're somewhere in your, in your system. So, okay, that's one, one great recommendation for people to read the book. Yeah, must, there must be a new version with the, the new technologies, uh, I assume. Yeah? What, what, what else, man? What are some of the tips that you, uh, you know, you would have hoped your boss would have told you years ago in, in your career? Yeah. So, so I think another concept which is very uh, powerful is uh, something that has, uh, has made me grow as a, as a leader the fastest, which is the power of feedback. So uh, we hear a lot that feedback is is a free gift, but it truly is. And and from my personal experience and example, when I started, I was an individual contributor and then I moved up. And then my previous role, I had a team of, of seven, right? I was extremely bad. I was very, very bad. The one thing that saved me and why I got the opportunity to now lead a team of 200, right? Not saying that, that, that I'm, I'm perfect, uh, I, I'm still learning and, uh, and and improving, but what I started to do in my one-to-ones with my team, I said, "Look, I want to improve. Give me feedback. What can I do better?" And they were very vocal, right? In ABI, we are very vocal, and that, that's the type of culture we have. So we speak what what we think, right? So they said, "And this, and this, and this, and this." So instead of saying yes, but or hey, no, 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 I'm right, something like that. I wrote them down and I actively worked on it. And then the mm. next one-to-one with, with, that, with that person, I asked, last time you mentioned this, has that improved? And then I saw that it improved, that it improved, improved, and it became a, a, a lot better. This is still something that I implement uh, in all my one-to-ones uh, now, right? Uh, mm. No matter, is it, uh, is it my team? Is it my manager? Is it someone, someone from another team? Every one-to-one, I at the end ask, do you have any feedback for me? And and no. I write this down in my getting things done. Uh, uh, let's say let's yeah. say uh, w- ways of working, right? <laughs> to make sure that I remember, and next time I speak to that person, I remind him, right? Yeah. What uh, what 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 is also um, what uh, why is it also very powerful is that even if you have let's say uh, quote unquote your worst enemy, right? Imagine someone that you cannot work with, you do not like. If you will ask that person, hey, I know we don't see eye to eye, but do you have any feedback for me how I can improve? No. That person will drop his or her guard and maybe you will even be, be, be become friends. And that is really a gift because that is no. for free. That is honest feedback, something that you can take. And if you take it, you improve upon it, you will you will become better as, as a person and as, as a leader. Yeah, but, but that's tough also, right? Again, it sounds very simple and just ask for the feedback and then... And then do it, but, but I see that a lot of us were a bit, you know, protective in, in of ourselves. No, in, in that sense that you ask for feedback, but you don't really want to hear it. Or when somebody tells you something, you would start thinking about, yeah, but man, no, no, you, you see it, you see it co- incorrectly because in fact what I meant was this. So did you from day one really, or how did you become open for that feedback? Because somehow it's. It's criticism on yourself, right? It's not just that easy to, to take. No, full agree. It was very difficult. Uh, and the first few months, I I struggled. And even when I heard the feedback, uh, I, I 
I, I, I felt myself getting anxious, nervous, maybe angry, right? Um, yeah. So this was very, very difficult. Um, giving, sorry, taking feedback that is, let's say, critical of you and, and it, it is bad, uh, I mean, bad or things that you can improve is very difficult. Uh, it's still not, not easy, but I turn it around. If that person feels that way, no matter what my intentions were, no matter what I wanted to portray or wanted to do, hmm. this is how that person feels. That's the perception he or she has on me. It's for me to change uh, his or her perception, not the other way around. And you just have to keep asking and keep working on it. It's very difficult. But once you are open to it, this is what will excel your career very, very fast. Yeah, yeah. So some, some good tips there that you learned pretty early on in, in your career, right? Because you're only busy for, I'd say, about six years. So some, some good tips like, man, get organized. Don't drop the ball. Yeah? And then take feedback. Take it, take it as a gift rather than, you know, kind of pushing back on, on feedback. So I'm going to ask you for the last one, right? There must be one more thing that you say, man, this is something that I learned and made a big difference in, in my career. And I wish my first boss told me. Yeah, so, so I, I need to have one more, uh, which is a quite uh, funny one, which is something that my previous uh, boss uh, taught me or told me. It's called code word banana, right? So um, me, my personality, uh, I tend to get very nervous uh, in case the deadline ticks nearer, but I'm not ready, right? This is, this is how my personality is, or maybe let's say it was. It's still, it's still the case, but, but it was very present when uh, in my previous roles when I was more of an individual contributor because I'm responsible for my work. If I don't deliver, it's on me, right? So I made sure I was always on time, the deadlines were met. So in, at, at uh, actually two examples, uh, we had a meeting uh, between my boss, the BU president um, and, and myself, and we were discussing something to prepare for the meeting in one hour with the zone president. And there was some um, miscommunication, uh, something that was misunderstood. So something was not, not ready. I didn't feel responsible. I feel very strongly about that. It was not my responsibility. So I, I exploded, right? I, I exploded because I was in that, in that mindset, right? Uh, to the BU so president. To, to the BU president. To, to the BU president. So this is okay, not yeah. something very smart uh, for you to, to do. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. Uh, luckily we were we were quite quite close, and he understood that also. I was on a lot of uh, pressure, but of course, this is not something that that you need to uh, uh, to do, right? So uh, afterwards, my uh, my boss took me aside and said, "Look, if you want to grow in this company." you will need to handle your emotions, right? And then he said, look, let's, let's have a code word. Whenever you are in that type of mindset where you're saying, okay, the deadline is sticking near and this and that, and that is not really what to do, I, I stop thinking, I stop functioning. So he said, let's use the, no. word, the code word banana for you to recognize that you're in that mindset. Um, which which was amazing. So so which was amazing. We did never use the the color banana when there were other people, but when we had a one to one or we were working on a project, and I was becoming that in that mindset, he just said banana, and I instantly snapped out of it. I said, <laughs> "You're you're right. You're right." 
And actually just by knowing that you are how you are in those types of uh, situation also helped me improve a lot. And since then, uh, I would say I almost did not have such type of, uh, um, type of let's say, outbursts, right? Emotional uh, outbursts. So, so also something that might be a fun way how you can recognize your own pattern, your own way of thinking where in, in that mode, yeah. Yeah, so code word banana. <laughs> All right, man, good. Very nice. Some interesting learnings from a, a guy who's uh, been with us for about six years, managing now 200 people. Looking forward to the legacy you're going to create here in India in the, the commercial operations team. I hope you're going to have some, uh, what is it, chili paneer and samosas straight this afternoon. This straight after the call. All right, great. Thanks a lot, Alex. For listening to us we'll meet again soon with more interesting stories and insights that will make you think i wish my boss told me that cheers <laughs> <laughs>